All right, this is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Hanam. And this is Jamal Dajani. Jamal, we have a great show today. We're from one of our other studios today. We want to welcome our listeners on Facebook Live, on YouTube Live, as well as streaming on KPOO. But it appears that there is kind of an extremely important story having to do with the Republic of Texas. I'm calling this the Republic of Texas because it appears that in Texas, even though it may be legal to boycott the United States, it appears that it's illegal as living in Texas to boycott, divest, or sanction Israel. And you've, you've found this really incredible story, which I have a hard time believing, but when our listeners hear about this, they'll be shocked too. This is a very recent story, Jess, and uh, people if people want to uh, read about it in details, it's posted on The Intercept. And we can take the story way back to when uh, the floods happened. If you recall, when Texas had the major storm and people later on applied for aid from, from the state, they had... You know, some were reporting that they were seeing on the paperwork that there was a clause that says you'll only receive uh, financial aid if you basically pledge that you will not be engaged in the BDS movement, or in other words, you will not be engaged in the boycott, divestment, and sanctions against Israel. But that was dismissed, I thought. I remember yeah, we so, had so, all this. It was dismissed. So we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about this, and then many people, of course, signed, signed the paperwork without even looking so innocently that they, you know, in order for them to get some money to rebuild their homes because of the damage... And some people maybe didn't care. They just signed. And some people noticed it and said, oh, my God, what is this? I mean, why am I required to pledge basically allegiance to another country when I'm reaching out to my own state? I'm a taxpayer in the state of Texas. I'm a taxpayer in the United States of America. I'm a U.S. Why, citizen. I'm a U.S. citizen. And why do I have to apply for this? So few people brought this, and then we talked about it, and then the, uh, I, I guess the... This, I, they withdrew it. Yeah, then they removed it because uh, right. it came under scrutiny, the ACLU and others, and they kind of like took that out from the language so everyone could receive it without having that uh, crazy Macarthite monkey wrench in their way. But it seems like this has come back now. So... This past two days, and I was like, you know, checking on the news, and then this same story repeats itself, and we'll talk about this story, where you have a children's speech pathologist who has worked for the last nine years with, uh, I guess, disabled, developmentally... Uh, Verbally, developmentally disabled children. Uh, Autistic. Yeah, autistic. And and speech-impaired elementary school children in Austin. Yeah. In Austin, Texas. Well, which is supposed to be somewhat progressive. Which is is the most progressive uh, town, basically, in Texas. And she was told that she has been told that she can no longer work with the public school district after she refused to sign an oath, an oath, I'm using their words, vowing that she does not and will not engage in a boycott of Israel or otherwise take any action that is intended to inflict economic harm on Israel, on a foreign nation. No, Jamal, we, we have to... We I have mean, to, I'm, I'm using the language I, I know, so I don't I make know. any mistakes but here. The, but this sounds unbelievable. I mean, even to us who have been covering crazy anti-Palestinian sentiment and laws attempting to restrict free speech and criticism of, of the government and state of Israel, this to me sounds even beyond the unbelievable. This sounds like it's made up in fiction, but this woman actually lost her job. So she lost her job. You know, she got the paperwork and every Wait a year, every she got, she got the well, well. Every year, every year she re- receives her contract, and you know, and her contract is renewed 
again, she's been teaching for the past nine years. So she's not a new employee. This year, she noticed that this clause was there. You know, they have to check that box and sign. And she read it and she said, this is unbelievable. I'm not going to do that. Didn't sign it. They came back to her. She didn't sign it. They came back to her and said, you know, uh, you forgot to sign this thing, you know. And they said, no, I didn't forget to sign this thing. I didn't sign it because it violates my First Amendment. And this is something that I cannot with all good conscience support. I don't support apartheid. I'm against the actions of the state of Israel. I'm not signing this. I'm doing my work. By the way, she has a master's degree. You know, uh, and I should say her name is Bahia Amawi. She's a U.S. citizen. Wait a minute. She's a U.S. citizen? She's a U.S. citizen who received her master's degree in speech pathology in 1999 and, and since then has specialized in evaluations for young children with language difficulties. She was born in Austria and has lived in the United States for the past 30 years. She's fluent in three languages, English, German, and Arabic, wow. and has four U.S.-born American children of her own, wow. and she has a master's, that's her forte, that's her specialty, that's her education. She's been doing it for the past nine years. They love her there, the children love her, the school district loves her. Uh, she's doing a great job, and only this year they snuck in this clause and she, she, she's a smart woman. She noticed that this clause, you know, because like I said, many people would have signed and like, okay, whatever. But who is the agency in this? Is this the well, school th- district? Well, this is, would be the Austin, I guess, Austin Unified pub- school uh, Public School District, right? Oh, no, actually it is uh, the Austin... Uh, Flugerville Independent School District. This is the this so is the official a, name. So it's a public school district. Oh yes, yes, of course it is. So so the, they actually because they've changed this law and apparently since August thirteen, uh, this uh, and then on August thirteen the school district again offered her to extend her contract. You know before right the beginning of the new year. And sending her the same contract is kind of like a routine thing and set of certifications she had received, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, there was this change. So she was prepared to sign her contract renewal until she noticed, until she noticed this crazy and Mackerthite statement pledging allegiance to a foreign country, basically. So so, uh, she she didn't do it. And and basically, they told her after they went back and said, you didn't sign, you have to sign, uh, you know, we really like you, etc. And she she has been going back and forth. And just recently, she received her termination. They terminated? Yes, her? yes. Uh, she bas- she's basically, uh, you know, is not working there because uh, if you, there is now a pending lawsuit that has been filed on her behalf on Monday morning. So today, you know, we, this is, a, like I said, it's a very new story. This week, in, there is a pending lawsuit fi- filed on her behalf in the federal court in the Western District of Texas, uh, saying that they're violating, of unjustifiably so in my opinion, and your opinion, I assume, violating her First Amendment right of free speech. Well, Jamal, this is... Let me see if I get this straight. This is a woman with a master's degree who's been working in the Austin Independent School District for nine years with no difficulties. She's coming up for renewal. She sees a box that says, I promise not to. Essentially, what she's saying is, I promise not to criticize the state of Israel. That's right. That's basically what it comes down to. She refuses to sign it because this is somehow made... A condition of her employment. They feel as if she has forgotten to sign it. They send it back to her. She goes, no, I haven't forgotten. I'm not signing. And she's terminated from her job? Absolutely. And I have actually the box because I have yeah, a copy the of her what is the box of the contract. So yeah. they added this language and they it's under item I. Pursuant to section 2270.001 of Texas government code, so it's a government code, the contractor affirms that it, one, does not currently boycott Israel, 
and two, will not boycott Israel during the term of the contract. Pursuant to Section 2270.001 of Texas Government Code 1, boycott Israel means refusing to deal with terminating business activities with or otherwise taking any action that is intended to penalize, inflict economic harm on or limit. And it's a, it's a long clause of what they prohibit you. Right. And then two, company means a, f- a for-profit sole proprietorship organization, association, corporation, partnership, joint venture. They go through this and then they say initial. So you have to read this and initial. She didn't initial. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very obvious. This is a smart uh, teacher with a master's degree. She's been teaching nine years. She noticed this immediately. And basically... The language in the in the contract would bar uh, uh, Miss Miss Amawi not only from refraining from buying goods from companies located within Israel, but also from any Israeli companies operating in the occupied West Bank. In other words, settlers. This also includes to settlers. this includes the colonial settlements in on occupied territory. It's ridiculous no but this is so we started talking about it in your first amendment right you can criticize your own government boycott basically the united states of america and say i don't want to do business with the government or i don't want to of course you can listen or i don't like this politician but you cannot boycott israel i mean i mean imagine I, I can hear, you know, I, we can say that we don't want to buy any products from Pepsi-Cola or Coca-Cola or I don't want to eat at McDonald's or I don't want to buy products that the U.S. military owns, shares right. or, or, to do. or has a or has investments in like a 401k or which something we're like allowed this. allowed to do. Except for the state of Israel, you have to pledge an oath. It's an oath. You have to pledge allegiance to a foreign country. Does this make any sense to you? No, Jamal, this is, turns out to be the most outrageous um, decisions, laws, and attempts by pro-Israel groups to take and hijack the narrative of criticism of Israel. It's taken it to the nth degree. We now live, well, we don't live in Texas, but people living in Texas now as a condition of employment, are not allowed to exercise their First Amendment speech rights. They are, as, as you've said, and I've said, and I keep wanting to ref, uh, re, you know, repeat this, you are allowed to not only boycott American companies, you are not only allowed to criticize the U.S. government, but you're allowed to do this openly, not as a condition of employment. So you now have to pledge your loyalty, your fidelity to a foreign country above the United States. And as what I, is, ha- what as, is happening? And as I've mentioned before, Jess, uh, this happened when the citizens or residents of Texas uh, applied for uh, state aid after the hurricane and after right. the floods. Right. And they had and they had the, similar a similar language. language and then some people discovered it and, and they made some noise and then they said, no, 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 you could still apply. Well, because it was deemed illegal at of the time. Of course it is illegal. So now, I mean, check this out. This is the, and then again, um, uh, I mean, this is, uh, I, I commend the uh, Intercept for um, writing about this story. And we're getting our information because they've researched it, researched it they've interviewed the teacher. So you, you should check out the full article. But uh, here is something uh, like uh, unbelievable. And this is uh, the writer who he wrote. He said, actually, this required certification about Israel was the only one in the contract sent to Umawi that pertain to political opinions and activism. So there is nothing about you know, if you boycotted Mexico or wherever, or, you, you know, it's just, or if you boycotted the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, it's only about the state of Israel. And then he said, there were no similar clauses relating to children, such as a vow not to advocate for pedophiles or child abusers, nor were there any required political oaths that pertain to the country of which she is a citizen, which is the United States, and where she lives, which is the state of Texas. You know, the country is the United States and the state. So you can actually boycott the state of Texas 
technically, but not the state of and Israel. You, and you can te uh, technically boycott the United States of America. So you know, and still have a job. But if you boycott the state of Israel, you don't have a job. So Jamal, we're entering yet another phase. I mean, you and I have talked about this, but I really believe that this is so outrageous that there's a silver lining here. And that the pro-Israel lobby groups, whether they be APAC, whether or not they be, you know, David Horowitz, whether or not they be all of these organizations, AMHA, or all these other kinds of uh, pro-Israel lobby groups that are lobbying on behalf of the state of Israel in this country, in the United States, they have so overplayed their hand on this, Jamal, it is so patently illegal and unacceptable. I think this is going to really backfire because I think everyday Americans, even if they don't fully understand what's happening in Palestine, will chafe and be outraged at the prospect that they have to pledge, especially people in Texas, that they have to pledge more loyalty to uh, another country than to their own state or their own government. I think they've really overplayed it yet again, Jamal. I don't know. I'm. I, we keep saying this, yet they try to push the envelope yeah, they further. Yeah, and, and they get away with it. Why do they get away well, with it? Well, we don't know if they've gotten away with it No, yet. but why even have this law? Right. Because they have all these surrogates not working for the interest of, of their constituency. They're working for the interest of APAC and Israel. What does Texas have to do with Israel? I mean, you're supposed to be fighting for the rights of your citizens, for health care, for children's rights, for safety, for security, for lowering your taxes, not about whether you're going to boycott a state, you know, thousands of miles away, which has nothing to do with the well-being of the citizens of Texas. And to commend, by the way, um, teacher uh, Miss uh, Amawi, her answer was, and I want to again, this is what she said when they asked her, you know, um, you know, would you consider, you know, signing the pledge to preserve uh, her ability basically to no. work? She said, absolutely not. I could not in good conscience do that. If I did, I would not only be betraying Palestinians suffering under an occupation that I believe is unjust and thus become complicit in their repression, but I'd also be betraying my fellow Americans by enabling violations of our constitutional rights to free speech and to protest peacefully. That's an amazing statement. Very That's intelligent impressive, impressive person. Statement. And I want to add one more thing about uh, Ms. Amawi. That's an impressive statement. Um, That's a very impressive statement. Because I, she's right, Jamal. I mean, she's saying that this is, you know, this is, she feels more uh, dedicated and more loyal to the United States and to fellow Americans than she does to uh, a foreign entity. So when she returned, you know, the application or the uh, contract unsigned, her supervisor contacted her. And 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 she told him this basically, and then he promised that he that uh, her supervisor uh, she would that she would investigate whether there were any ways around this barrier, but the supervisors the supervisor ultimately told her that there was no alternative, or alternatives either she would have to sign the oath, or the district would be legally barred from paying her under any type of contract, and and basically. Let her go. And it's, it's really crazy. Uh, Jess, do you know how many uh, qualified or certified, very few, very few. certified Arabic-speaking child's speech pathologists in that district? One. Yes. <laughs> she was the only one. So Miss Amawi, to her knowledge, because she's been in the field for nine years working there, she is the only certified Arabic-speaking child speech, speech pathologist in the district. And, and, and because of this, uh, you know, this will leave dozens of young children with speech pathologies without any competent expert to evaluate their conditions and treatment needs. She added, I got my master's in this field and devoted myself to this work because I always wanted to do service for children 
it's vital that early age assessments of possible speech impairments or psychological conditions be administered by those who understand the child's first language. language. Well, Jamal, I'll, I'll tell you, I am actually secretly very happy that this is happening. You always say this. I know. I'm you, o- you always <laughs> have like a silver lining. Well, tell us I, about your silver lining. I, I have two silver linings right now that I'd like to talk about. One silver lining is that for sure this is going to be a big lawsuit. And that in any, and you know, we've had examples of lawsuits with San Francisco State and Professor Rabab Abdelhadi, where the, where, the ju- where the judicial system is the last system. I mean, we're losing the battle at the executive level and at the legislative level. But it does seem that at the judicial level, at the level of the Constitution and the laws of this country, is where the issue of Palestine continues to be defended. And the, the right of every single American to have their views about Palestine be spoken loudly, clearly, without fear of retribution. So there's a part of me that feels like this is such an outrageous breach that this is certainly going to be uh, put in the court system. It will go up to the district court. Maybe it'll get to the Supreme Court. Who knows? But the fact that this will have a voice within the judicial system and the hypocrisy and the outrageousness of saying to an American citizen that they are able to criticize the United States, but not the state of Israel. This will be this will come out as the truly truly outrage that it is, and it will point to this ugly, really degenerate process that the pro-Israel uh, um, groups, the lobby groups and the pro-Israel uh, interest groups in this country are not interested in the strategic interests or the good of the United States. They're here to promote the interests of an apartheid state. And that needs to be, and that needs to come out. You're listening to Arab Talk Radio on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM. We also Welcome our viewers on YouTube Live and Facebook Live. And uh, and streaming at kpo.com. And streaming at kpo.com. But you know, Jamal, this also makes me think, you know, we this, this also makes me think not only of the, the lawsuit with Professor Abdul Hadi, um, this makes me think of the larger issue that's kind of happening in the United States right now, just in terms of, well, we'll talk about the, the, the Kushner you know, uh, Netanyahu, MBS plan in a second. But this just speaks to this last-ditch effort while Donald Trump is uh, currently still still the president to push pro-Israel policies down the throats of American citizens, irrespective of what the Constitution says. Yes, and, and then, you know, also, I mean, you're more optimistic about uh, by by system. by exposing uh, these uh, outrageous laws uh, that the American public will basically be better informed yes. and and then we will be able to reverse it. I'm less optimistic because I look at number one on the micro and the macro level. So on the micro level, before we talk about the federal kind of policies, the state level. And so this uh, legislate is basically on May second, two thousand sixteen. This uh, the, the this law that uh, I've cited earlier. It's the called the an, an Israel specific state law. It's basically an Israel state. This is what the Texas state legislator signed into law by GOP government governor Greg Abbott. Unbelievable. The bill was unanimously passed, the lower house by a vote of 131 to 0, and then the Senate by a vote of 25 to 4. I want to know who those four are. So, I mean, if you look at 131 legislators in the lower house in Texas, unanimously voted for it. Okay. So when Abbott signed the bill in a ceremony held where at the Austin Jewish Community Center, he proclaimed any anti-Israel policy is an anti-Texas policy. So, so here again, he equates 
a foreign country thousands of miles away with the needs and the rights of his own constituency well, this, in, in Texas. Well, obviously, this does not serve his constituents. So, so I'm taking you back now to the hurricane, because this is the first time we learn about it was right after the right. hurricane, and this is Hurricane Harvey. So the bill's language was so sweeping that some of the victims of, the, of Hurricane Harvey, which devastated southwest Texas in late 2017 were told that they could not uh, receive state disaster relief if they f- if they did not sign a pledge never to boycott Israel so this is how we you and I learned about it i mean we, we you know kind of like it hit everyone so that demand was so deeply confusing to those hurricane victims in desperate need of help, but who could not understand what their views of Israel and Palestine. Some of them, like, they had no opinion about Israel or even Palestine. They're apolitical. And they just got, they just, they just looked said, we at want it our money. They looked at it and they, no, no. Some of them said, this is really unconstitutional. They were smart enough. Why are you tying this into our relief? Right. You know? So, so they started to question, you know, there were phone calls, emails, etc. And of course, uh, the, uh, which by the way, the author of the, uh, of the law is the evangelical author of the Israel Bill, Republican Texas State Representative Phil King, said at the time that its application to hurricane relief was a misunderstanding. What does that mean, Jamal? What but nonetheless, emphasized that the bill's purpose was indeed to ensure that no public funds ever go to anyone who supports a boycott of Israel. But this is an employment practice, Jamal. This is not public funds. This is not disaster aid. This has nothing to do with disasters. This has nothing to do with a grant. This has to do with terms of employment. And there is a very strict employment law, which we know uh, that covers both the federal and the state level. Each state has their own collection of employment law. But federal employment law that protects all employees of this country are also very specific. So just as I was hopeful about what would happen to this uh, crazy law during the hurricanes that ended up being withdrawn, that's why I'm optimistic, Jamal, because I do believe that the people of Texas, once they see that this outrageous affront to their constitutional rights is kind of exposed. I do believe that the people of Texas, even though they have some, they may have other issues on this particular issue, they are they will be very committed to the Constitution. So yeah, I still remain optimistic. By the way, you're listening to Arab Talk on KPOO in San Francisco. We're at eighty nine point five FM. You're watching us live on Facebook Live, on uh, YouTube YouTube Live, and also streaming live at kpoo.com as well as 89.5 FM if you're listening to us in the Bay. So this is a nice segue, I think, to um, the Kushner Peace Plan. And what I call the Kushner Peace Plan, Jamal, I call it otherwise known, or AKA otherwise known as the Thugs, the the International Committee of Thugs, uh, plan for continued occupation of Palestine plan. So here are the players of the Kushner Peace Plan: Donald Trump and Jared Kushner, Benjamin Netanyahu, and uh, Mohammed bin Salman. That's the holy kind of triumvirate of the Palestinian. Israeli peace plan that's going to be un, un, unveiled in a few more weeks, Jamal. They're, they keep promising that this is going to be uh, released uh, in January sometime. So what's happening in Texas acts as a backdrop to where we're headed because we have two things happening at the same time. I do believe that the Israelis are freaking out that Donald, Donald Trump's um, uh, uh, power within his capacity as president of the United States because of the Mueller investigation is going to be challenged for his final two years in office. So I do believe that Kushner and the Israelis are freaking out and they're going to push this peace plan as quickly as possible. Unfortunately, on the Palestinian side, we still have Palestinians like the chief Palestinian negotiator, Saab Arakat, who are still unfortunately spouting 
talking about the two-state solution, you mean? Exactly. Craziness about the two-state solution, which is what the Kushner, MBS, Netanyahu, Trump plan is. I mean, what's your read? You're hearing a lot about this from on the ground in Palestine. What's your read? Why is Saab Adekat making these outrageous statements? Well, he's out of touch, and sadly out of touch. And With he reality. Shouldn't, and he shouldn't be because he he's right there on the ground. Uh, Israel uh, has been invading uh, the heart of Palestinian towns and villages. Ramallah. Ramallah, a few hundred feet away from the Mukata, which is the seat of the presidency. This is where... Uh, President Mahmoud Abbas basically, you know, works and lives and eats and wherever he's there. And they they recently were a couple of feet away from uh, and tried to enter the Ministry of Finance. So they have been arresting and 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 basically judicially executing uh, Palestinians. Uh, today I posted a video that uh, the Israeli human rights group Beit Salem. Uh, showed on its website when Palestinian soldiers, about uh, half a dozen of them, they were arresting a six-year-old boy, Palestinian boy. Six years old? Six years old. And this video is on my Facebook page, which is Jamal Dajani too. You can you can watch it. And Saab Arakat and the other delusional uh, uh, people in uh, the Palestinian leadership, sadly, are still holding on to the thread of Oslo. Those are the basically the Oslo crowd. They're holding on when uh, not only the Israelis are now entering all the way into Ramallah and they have completed building the their apartheid wall, but also they have appropriated 90% of Area C, right. which is the largest chunk of land in, in the, the West, West Bank. Bank, and this is where the bulk of the 800,000 plus is Israeli settlers live. And that's why we see the recent attacks, because, you know, settlers are throwing stones and attacking Palestinians. They're harassing them. They're burning and cutting down their olive trees. Uh, they're they're shooting at their at the at the farmers uh, and they, and and, the, and killing their sheep and and destroying their crops, and of course you expect retaliation. So when Palestinians respond, and this is basically Israel and 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 Zionist logic, and the logic that they have, That's when right. Palestinians resist. The occupation, they are labeled terrorists. Right. When they boycott the Israeli occupation, they are labeled anti-Semites. So this is now, well, this is the logic. This is this how is Israel the, this functions. Is the, this is their narrative now. This is the narrative. And of course, when they resist, Israel sends hundreds of its troops, uh, well-armed, American-made weapons. Sure. But something big happened this week which I think we need to let our listeners know about. I mean, previous to this, what the Israelis would do when they would go inside these Palestinian towns and fire at uh, civilians who were protesting, they would label it as they were using rubber-coated bullets, right? This week, they have used what they call live ammunition. No, no, they went in with the intent to kill. The intent to kill, yeah, not, they, not to no, injure. No, they went to, with the intent to kill... And I tell you another thing, and this was uh, not too many people have been talking about it. So uh, an Israeli uh, was attacked. Uh, I think an Israeli woman, she was attacked. And she, and then they had to, uh, um, she was pregnant. So they had to prematurely deliver her baby and the baby died. Yes. So... Uh, so Israel uh, has been hunting down the alleged perpetrators, and in the process, they killed a Palestinian who was involved in a previous attack. So what the Israeli military, and this is very important, and they publicized it. They publicized it on their website. They publicized it through their tweets, which is uh, on Twitter. It's called the Israel Defense Forces, IDF, bragging about it, and that they've called the family of the 
victims to tell them that they've went and killed the person who attacked them. So basically what the army is saying that they are conducting acts of vengeance. Right. This is... We this is judge and execute judge. This and is this or, is yeah. an army, you know, that has to adhere by rules of engagement, Which by by international law. Which it does but not. they are acting as a hit squad, as as a mobsters, and they're extrajudicially killing without trial, without anything else, killing these folks. And we don't know if these people were involved or we don't. No, we don't. Know That's that. according to the Israeli story. And then they call, you know, they brag about it, and then they call their families and they say, "We've exacted revenge." So Jamal, we call that uh, we call that extrajudicial assassination, where the Israeli army is now acting as judge, jury, and executioner. This is a uh, clear, vi- not just a violation of international law, but a grotesque breach of international law and everything that we know about, you know, what do they call the is- Israel, the state of Israel, Jamal, the kind of democracy that's shining the light. In the, the most democratic country, country in, the in the Middle East. East. And by the way, they refer to the Israeli occupation army as the most moral army the most, in the world. So the most moral army in the world is now taking its, uh, it's now taking the judicial branch and uh, deciding on its own without investigating who is guilty, who is not, and who should be executed. So this is what the people of Texas, by the way, when they're signing that law, Jamal, this is the state that they're not allowed to criticize. In the state, uh, th- th- This is who they're not allowed to criticize. So back to the Kushner plan. Yes, let's talk <laughs> back, about the back Kushner. Back to the, to the deal of the century. The deal of the century. The, the only deal. person that can solve this problem... Thankfully, is Jared Kushner. So the deal of the century was supposed to be released at least eight months ago. Right. Kept getting pushed back. And the most recent news, because you mentioned January, I'm willing to bet you anything. It won't happen. It's not going to happen. Right. So because now they're saying, no, 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 maybe February is the earliest. I'm just giving you at least a way out. January, this is official, an official statement by Jason Greenblatt, who is... Uh, the U.S. ambassador, isn't no, he? No, no, he's not. He's, he's a special rep- he, special uh, consultant or something. Yeah, he's like a special envoy to the, envoy. Middle e- to the Middle East. So the publication of the plan, which they've been talking about it for Forever. two years, right. for two years and, and working on it, etc., led by uh, U.S. Uh, President uh, Donald Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and his longtime attorney, this is the longtime attorney and advice advisor Jason Greenblatt. So I don't know if this is his title. So they're saying now the earliest would be uh, Jamal. What's the holdup? Uh, February, but what's then, the but then they're also saying that uh, it might get delayed and it might not be maybe maybe March, maybe April. So it's it's kind of this is an illusion. Well, I'll tell you what I think. You know, is, I'll tell you what I that think they're is, going to release it in the beginning well, of the I'll, year. I'll, I'll tell you what I think is going on. There is no uh, Kushner peace plan. Everybody, all the players are balking at this right now. The Israelis want to extract more concessions. The Palestinians are not willing, even Abu Mazen is not willing to accept uh, having uh, the Israeli boot on his neck at this point in his life. And um, MBS, who is the funder of the uh, deal of the century of this Middle Eastern plan, Middle East peace plan, I believe is so weakened because of the Khashoggi uh, murder, Jamal, that he is backing away from putting pressure on the Palestinians to make any of this happen. So I think we're even safe to say is that we don't see the Kushner plan coming to fruition anytime in the foreseeable future. Well, I mean, you're right. Uh, Kushner was relying and maybe still is relying on MBS, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, who uh, he believes was the man to bring the Palestinians back to the table and squeeze them for squeeze con- them financially. Con- financially for concessions. 
And so this is where they were banking on, right? So they've already discussed this. They've already discussed this with with uh, with MBS, and he probably gave them the green light. Right. But now he's a weakened person with now Congress going right. after MBS. And then remember another thing: in January, you're going to have a Democratic Congress. And they've already have set, gave some hints that if uh, the so-called deal of the century does not include a comprehensive two-state solution or based on the two-state solution, so there are still people in Congress who we believe still in two, believe in that, you know, because I don't believe it's going to be a two-state solution. It's going to be more like, you know, Mahmoud Abbas going to be the mayor of Ramallah and 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 uh, few. Fiefdoms. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and then Fiefdoms. and then there'll be complete annexation of uh, Area C. The, but that's which the majority, Kushner. But that's the Kushner. Plan. That's the Kushner plan, and then they were talking before about some confederation with Jordan. So I and don't know. Egypt. So I don't know if that's that's still included. So all the things that we heard about the about the plan, you know, the earlier uh, basically concoction, is not going to work today. So now they're scrambling to adapt it or to change it to come up with something new and that's why they keep pushing it further and but further Jamal, there's no there's nothing new the kushner plan will never come to fruition uh I'm, yes mbs is weakened he cannot squeeze abu mazen and the palestinians the way he used to cc is somewhat weakened i think at this time too because mbs is weakened so CC can't do anything. He's not a big player. He's fighting for his own. Well, CC CC will actually follow whatever MBS does. Does you right. know? But we can safely say that there is really nothing on the horizon for the comprehensive deal of the century. I think safely we can say, given the political dynamics, given how weakened Donald Trump is, given how weakened MBS is. Given that Jared Kushner may be indicted in 2019, given the fact that um, you know we have a Democratic majority in the House, um, uh, you know I think it's safe to say that this is not going to happen. So I mean I'm when I say the comprehensive peace plan, you I say it with deep sarcasm because I don't believe we're going to see it in 2019. Okay, you're, you're listening to Arab Talk right on KPOO. Dot com, KPOO 89.5 FM, Facebook Live, as well as YouTube Live. Jamal, we got a lot of other stories. We only have a few more minutes left, so um, I know there's a there's quite a few things that we still have to cover that are important. Well, a lot of things, actually. We're not done. I mean, I, mean, I wish we are done with uh, craziness coming out uh, from Israel and from uh, its surrogates right here in the United States. But uh, two stories uh, quickly because uh, we have about 10 minutes left. One, the son of Benjamin Netanyahu, <laughs> right? Is that Nair? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ex exactly. So this is, the, this is something um, that came up. Uh, he basically um, was saying or was calling basically for the ethnic cleansing of Muslims right. from Palestine. Right. No, he said that before. Uh, no, but this one, he posted this right on his Facebook page. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, this is his eldest son, Yair Netanyahu. Yeah, yeah. And so that caused a lot of talk and condemnation yeah, on Twitter and not, uh, not really. I mean, social media. A lot of... A lot of Israelis were supporting his statement. Well, yeah, but uh, that, it's it's irrelevant for for me. I mean, we know uh, number one where this guy is coming from, right. right? So, I mean, like father, like son. He's not going to be. I mean, uh, his father has been engaged in the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians, but now he's like, you know, he puts a, he puts a post right on Facebook and. And he goes on in many things, uh, you know, calling basically that all Muslims should leave Israel. Uh, you know, they're the cause of all problems and, and, and crazy things like this. And he said they're in Iceland and Japan. 
there are no Muslims, and you which know, which is, is not true. Which is not true. <laughs> so, what do you think was the reaction of Facebook? Well, I'm sure Facebook did not delete his account. I'm sure that Facebook did not suspend his account. I'm sure that Facebook did not lock his account out. And I'm sure, and I'm saying this without knowing Jamal, that he's going to continue to post this vile, uh, hateful speech on Facebook with impunity and be able to get away with it. That's my guess. So, so Facebook suspended his account really? for 24 hours. Oh, that long. I'm surprised they did it even for 24 hours. No, I mean, this is the craziness. If you reverse the situation, if a Muslim or an Arab or a Palestinian said, and I'm going to just, and he said that all Jews must be, must leave Israel, Israel or Palestine or whatever. Their, their account would be shut. And they'll be, they would have been reported to the FBI, to the FBI or, the, or, 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 or certain security uh, apparatus. apparatus. Yeah. So they barely slapped him on the wrist and suspended his account and asked him to delete that post. So and now he's account. and now he's back, twenty four hours. So so this is the hypocrisy. Well, maybe you should tell our listeners the struggles that we have on Facebook. Yeah, I mean this is this or the is struggles you've had to yeah, just even get this show. It, well, I mean many many of our listeners will tell you. I mean I've known regular people who did not hold any political position or weight, and they weren't definitely the son of uh, Netanyahu or the son of a, 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 a country leader who have been suspended for a month at least for posting something that was not as, 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 in, as hateful as and as inflammatory. An inflammatory. Yeah. And Facebook automatically uh, suspended their account. for And same thing that goes for Twitter. So this was one, one story that I've been monitoring this week, and, and now he's back again in, in business. And, and you now you wonder why many uh, people who speak speak uh, for justice and uh, and and for support of Palestinian rights uh, they just are always criticizing Facebook. Well, let's look at Facebook, Jamal. Let's look at Sheryl Sandberg and what Sheryl Sandberg has done. Just in this last week, it wasn't that long ago that Sheryl Sandberg, it came out recently, had hired a firm to dig up oppositional research against George Soros to discredit, not just discredit George Soros, but to label George Soros as a anti-Semite, as promoting anti-Semitic uh, 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 policies. And this is coming from George coming from Sheryl Sandberg towards George Soros, who's a Holocaust survivor, uh, who's been known to, you know, promote more left-leaning things. But this is, this is what Facebook does to what it perceives to be critics of the Facebook brand. They, they are vicious, Jamal. And uh, does it really surprise you or me that they slap the wrists of Benjamin Netanyahu's son yet are closing the door as quickly as possible on as many pro-Palestine, pro-justice uh, Facebook pages as possible. I mean, it's not surprising, right? Well, I mean, this was a, this was a huge news. I mean, but and you, people came in full force pointing this out. But they're not going to do anything. There's no well, accountability. I mean, well, they, they took action, so, which means they've admitted that this post should, should not have been there, but their action was so weak and so pathetic. It's meaningless. That it it's did essentially nothing. meaningless. I mean, he's able to post. He's able to spout his uh, hateful uh, rhetoric and speech. I mean, basically, Jamal, you have the son of the prime minister, the Israeli prime minister, promoting ethnic cleansing and getting away with it on Facebook. He was. And it's not the first time... And again, this it just this makes is, me think of all the times that we get harassed by Facebook for even doing uh, Arab talk. Well, like I told you, I know I personally know just individuals who were banned or who were shut down for a a month. Uh, you know that Facebook sent you know uh, warnings 
to Arab talk, <laughs> and <laughs> but, uh, because but, but, we but, speak but, but, the truth. But isn't it outrageous that they come after us, and yet they let uh, Russian hackers in St. Petersburg uh, open up Facebook uh, accounts, open WhatsApp accounts, uh, social media accounts that, uh, by all intents and purposes, were concluding, was able to not only swayed the elections of 2016 in favor of Donald Trump, but created an even bigger division uh, of an already really divided country. They allowed that to happen, and uh, yet they're going to come down uh, hard on us for exercising our First Amendment rights. It's kind of outrageous. And I have to say, Facebook has been losing not only its value, but popularity. They, they should. And they uh, should. people might start jumping ship if they continue these practices of um, number one giving away people's information and data well they gave away millions guess, millions of private photos apparently were able to be hacked by over seven, close to seven million users and censoring uh, you know right people hey, hey we only have time for maybe one more quick uh, note do you have uh, anything else because we're we're kind of coming down to the wire here well, uh, quickly, uh, we are coming down to the wire. We're coming down to the end of the year. And now people are talking about the elections, uh, 2020, uh, the presidential elections. Well, I told you my dream team. And we're going to be talking about this and our predictions. We have uh, our predictions. Probably next show. week. Yeah. Probably next week. But, uh, Maybe the week but after. But now uh, we're seeing kind of the field. Uh, a recent poll showed that uh, Biden is, is number one, is number one followed Sanders. by Bernie Sanders, and then Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, th third. And if this Kamala Harris fourth. Yeah. So white, white, white men, <laughs> right? Uh, Biden is again. I don't see the fresh blood that the Democrats keep talking that, about. That blood is not fresh. It's not fresh. So just before we get we we kind of delve deeply into this, if this stays like this, we're going to have another four years. You're going to have Trump. another four years of Absolutely, Donald Trump. Absolutely, Jamal. I so think that's so right. we're going to be talking about this, and uh, hopefully things will be changing on the ground. So uh, you right. have been listening to Arab Talk. Be sure to visit our website arabtalkradio.com, where you can both hear and watch the show. We live stream the show on Facebook at Jamal Dejani 2, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific time. And you can listen live uh, on KPOO and, of course, KPO.com. Uh, make sure uh, you don't miss uh, any episode. Subscribe to our podcast through Apple or Google's podcast app. You can find links to our Facebook live stream, our podcast, and more at ArabTalkRadio.com. Uh, we'll Great. talk to you next week. We'll see you next week. Signing off and we'll see you then.